Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Brad Caldwell. I'm a brand strategist, multiple-time CEO, and the owner of Spark Business Strategies, a branding and marketing agency here in North Carolina. 
Whether you're listening live on Clubhouse or you've caught the Breakfast of Champions podcast that is available for you wherever you download your podcast from, I want to thank you for tuning in. We call this segment The War on Mediocrity, where we are capitalizing on our successes, celebrations, and revenue by calling out and working around the mediocrity that we accept as business leaders and ourselves, our teams, our leaders, and our clients. This week's segment is all about resiliency, what resiliency is, what resiliency is not. And as I often do in these segments, I want to give a gentle warning first. I am trying to convince you if I must and convict you wherever I can. No apologies. I am not trying to get your applause or your appreciation or your adulation. I don't want to make this into a t-shirt, although I might. I am in marketing. I am not trying to get likes and follows and any of that crap. doesn't really matter to me. Um, although someone did point out to me last week that I'm real close to 5,000 followers on Clubhouse, which I think gets you absolutely nothing. Um, I am trying to force you unapologetically to self-evaluate and self-evaluation sucks. And I'm doing that on purpose. I am not sorry. The second apology is a little tongue in cheek, but it's still serious. I can be kind of direct. I may drop a bad word. And honestly, those are two things I like about myself. I'm not a huge Brad Caldwell fan, but I respect that I'm so direct. And while I love Jesus, I cuss a little. So all of that said, if you're ready, let's hit the ground running this morning. I am a dad to three awesome, very different little boys. Correction, three very awesome, very different boys. They're not all little. Parker listens to this show occasionally on Spotify, heard me call him little and would like that to be amended for the record. He is taller than me. Parker is 13. He's in seventh grade. He has his first girlfriend. We like her. He loves soccer and he loves acting. Elliot is almost eight. He's in second grade. He loves baseball and video games and told me just last night that girls are impossible to talk to. So clearly something's changing for him now that he's learned that. It's true, he's not wrong, but he didn't care before. And he's hilarious. And Benjamin turned three this week. He loves everything. Outside, inside, toys, television, brothers, people, yelling, singing. The sound of his own laughter makes him laugh harder. He's, he's great. I'm lucky. As the child lottery goes, I have three happy, charming, funny sons who love their mama and one another. Today, we're going to lean into a little bit of one of them. We're going to lean into my eldest. We're going to lean into Parker. Over the past four months, I have never seen someone live out resiliency quite like Parker has. I'm impressed. I'm honored to have such good seats to watch 2022 in the life of Parker Caldwell. If he learned it from something his parents have said or done, I have no idea what we did. But all of that said, here are four lessons on resiliency that I have learned from Parker Caldwell. First, resiliency is not rigidity. Parker's first love is likely his mom and dad. He's always been a big fan of his parents from day one, really. 
bit of a daddy's boy for a while, but loves his mom and dad. Maybe, maybe the first love is my mom. Because that boy loves his G-Ma. But shortly after that, around the age of four or five, he fell in love with soccer. From a chubby, precious second grader just happy to be on the field with his friends to a preteen that did drills in the yard, works out with his friends, and wants to be on all of the teams, my boy loves soccer. And he has worked so hard. He has learned so much. And he's been a part of some very good teams. So earlier this year when he got cut from the middle school team during tryouts, I felt that. I felt that. It hurt me a little. I'd seen him put in the work. I know sports. A bit of an athlete when I was his age and through high school until injuries got me finished. I know what it takes to overcome self-doubt and the nerves. To be willing to try new positions, new drills, focus on bringing up his strengths and his weaknesses. And he got cut. So for about a week here in this house, it sucked. It just wasn't great. It was cloudy. With like a chance of, I don't know, cloudy. And I was trying my dad best to come up with a solution out of cloudy. When Parker brought up the school musical, the school musical, a a musical, my soccer loving, he likes to draw, he's very gifted at art, a musical, a singing, dancing, line learning musical. If you are on here and you either are one of those precious adults who has a deep affection for all things Disney, I am not one of those. Or you're a precious adult who's made other humans, and those little humans have a precious affinity for Disney. My son was in Descendants, the musical. Not soccer, not soccer camp, not training. He also wasn't sitting around being moody, brooding, frustrated. He just showed up with a solution that made no sense whatsoever. Buddy, who else is trying out? Nobody? None of your friends are trying out? No. Do you you really like the teacher? No, I don't know her. Is there a a girl in there you want to meet? Nope. You just want to try out for a musical. Yep. And I don't know if it's great parenting, but pretty much when our kids bring us something that doesn't hurt them, harm them, harm someone else, or put them in a path where bad choices become a little bit more prevalent, we generally just put a yes on the table and let the chips fall where they may. And then stand there when they need us afterward. So we said yes. And he tried out for a musical. And he can do that because he does not live out his life with rigidity. He's not inflexible. He's not so consumed with his own assumptions, beliefs, behaviors, and expectations that he can't overcome difficulty, failure, and loss. He adulted the fool out of his own disappointment. 
Hear that juxtaposition again. He's not so consumed with his own assumptions, beliefs, behaviors, and expectations. Does that sound like me and you? That he can't overcome difficulty, failure, and loss. Oh, he still loves soccer. I am a huge Tottenham fan. And he'll watch a match with me all, all, all day long. And we'll talk about Harry Kane. And yeah, we'll, we'll have a whole, whole soccer conversation. But last night was the opening night of the musical. And listen, listen, you guys have been listening to me for a long time now. My boy killed it. I don't mean like he won't bad. I mean, dang, my kid can sing. My kid can act. He can dance. My goofy, <laughs> my goofy, tall 13 year old son is really good. He and his co-stars were not 12, 13, and 14 years old. They were just brilliant little actors, singers, and dancers last night. Except for some of the ridiculous comments and people choking up, you wouldn't have known it was a room full of moms and dads and brothers and sisters. The number of times I had to apologize for my three-year-old going, hey, Bubba, as soon as he walked out on stage. or cheering even louder because Parker said something funny. If not for the audience, you wouldn't have been able to guess the age of the people on, on the stage. Killed it. You want to see a picture after the show? Jump over to my Instagram. It's tagged in my profile, in my story. Just before this show started, I posted the picture my wife has of our family right after. Parker is the tallest member of our family. I'm the bald fella standing next to him. But watching him and knowing the disappointment he dealt with at the beginning of the year, it makes me wonder about myself and about you. What have we lost in the midst of our failure, hardship, and conflict because we couldn't let go of our own preconceived notions of right or wrong? He worked hard enough to make the team. He could have just sat down feeling wronged. I wouldn't have argued with him. I felt like he was wronged. I saw him play. I saw the team play. He's as good as any of those kids on that team. I don't know. But I can't be mad about it. Because my kid bent. But he didn't break. What about the rigidity in my daily life? What keeps me from growing, connecting, learning, and leading? Because I'm so damned beholden to beliefs I can't prove. Truth someone else taught me and ideas that I've made laws because it was easier for me in the moment. What's keeping me from resiliency is often my own rigidity. If you want to be resilient, you cannot be rigid. Rigidity snaps the stick. Resiliency bends and comes back. Resiliency is not rigidity. Second, new growth requires resiliency. 
the minute he tried out for the musical, I mean, like couple couple rehearsals or trials, whatever it was. My boy said, Dad, I want a lead role. I'm like, well, which, well, which one do you want? And if you know Descendants, he was like, Dad, I want to be Ben. And as soon as he said Descendants was the musical, we watched all the movies. It's great. Our kids love those movies. It's a really cool story of the children of Disney heroes and Disney villains. So Ben, the lead male role, is the son of Beauty and the Beast. And he said, Dad, I want to be Ben. I was like, well, man, you better work. And so he worked. He started singing constantly. There is a song about love in that musical where they spell out the word ridiculous. Friends, every person in this house can say my love is R-I-D-I-C-U-L-O-U-S. We have heard that song for 120 days. That kid was walking around the house asking about stage presence, dancing, memorizing lines, projecting his voice. He'd never been so interested in his whole life that his dad went to college to sing as he was the minute he got in this musical. All of a sudden, he was like, oh, my dad, my dad, my, my dad knows music theater. I'm. I'm going to ask my dad a million questions. He'd never asked me a question about my music theater background ever. I don't ever talk about it. I didn't even really know he knew it. I'm going to tell you what. That boy. Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five. Five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. He got the male lead. He got the male lead in his first real musical performance. And yes, we celebrated. But then very quickly, I don't know what happens to you when you become a parent but a warning goes off and you blurt out instructions on whether they're requested or not. Right? Like as a parent, I, you just can't help it. So we're celebrating. And then the dad gene kicks in, the mom gene kicks in. And I say, Hey man, just getting a new win means it's time to learn a, a lot of new things, a lot of new things. And when everything is new, you gotta be ready to protect it. Cause now he's got new friends in rehearsal. So that's meeting a whole bunch of new people and he loves people and it's rehearsal life and it's costumes, dozens of lines to memorize, tons of lines to memorize, no time for soccer, balancing school, family, rehearsals, homework and friends. Even finding out that the female lead, maybe he liked her a little bit more. And now my son has his first girlfriend ever, like in real life. Like if you know Descendants, Prince Ben and Mal are a love interest in all three movies. And when those two kids come off the stage last night, 
Parker and Isla are actually boyfriend and girlfriend. Yes, it's middle school. No, we don't really care. She's got great parents. It's fine. But all of that, and we all know the struggle of letting people down when our life changes a bit. And Parker learned all of these things firsthand over the last few months. When we have the capacity to snap back from a letdown, the importance of resiliency is not gone. Sometimes, for many of us, we wear ourselves out breaking up the hard ground of disappointment, loss, and letdown, but we don't think about the new seeds we're planting. Is that you? It's been me. Sometimes, to overcome the grief, we wear every tool we've got out to break up the hard ground the fallowed ground. It's become rock solid. I don't even know what's underneath of it, but it's gotta be better than what I'm standing on. So I'm gonna bust it and I'm gonna crush it and I'm gonna pulverize it because I'm gonna get through this present suffering, whatever it is. If it's a letdown, simply at work, I didn't get the job. If it's a casualty of just living your life, something you were born with, something that showed up, something that's tragic, something that's just unfortunate. If it's a breakup or a breakdown of something that you held a lot of value in, whatever it is to get through it often requires so much exertion that we're not ready for the new new after it. And resiliency is not a one-off trait. It's not. New seeds are vulnerable. Seedlings are even more vulnerable. And new plants can be crushed by rain and wind and predators everywhere. So we must be resilient beyond the accomplishments and obstacles that we can see. Overcoming means renewal. Renewal is replanting. And new growth requires resiliency. Number three. Resiliency is not impervious to hardship. Sometimes, not everybody, but a lot of us, we will spend so much time praising a positive trait that we'll forget that positive traits don't always result in positive outcomes. Oh, he's such a good person. He must win all the time. We know better than that. Oh, that guy's got so much integrity. I bet nobody ever cheats him. That's not true. She's got a heart of gold. I bet everybody just trusts her and would never do her wrong. Come on, come on. You've overcome so much, I bet it never rains wherever you stand, right? Listen, I know some of the people listening to this show today. We've, we've overcome, sometimes it feels like you overcome a hardship to meet the next one. And sometimes you just don't want to be resilient anymore. But the opposite of resiliency is rigidity. Remember? 
And we all think that rigidity is like calluses and we can be tough and it's scars and we can be strong and scars show you've been somewhere. No, scars show you healed from something. Scars are resilient, not rigid. And when you break the stick of rigidity, it's real hard to put it back together. You guys know this part of Parker's story. But for a lot of you, you you probably heard, hey, Parker made a musical, and you didn't know all the context of soccer and letdown and all that stuff. Because dad's not really sharing that to everybody every time we talk. And you knew the story of type 1 diabetes that rocked our world about two months ago, month and a half ago. But I don't know if you put those two things together. Parker had a major letdown with soccer. It's not even a pivot. I have no idea where the musical came from. <laughs> I have no I have no idea what compelled my child to say, like, no, nah, I'm going to be in a musical. And right about as it was starting to get real, real good, he started feeling real, real bad. And it got to the point where we had to go to the hospital to find out his blood sugar was about five times what normal is supposed to be for a 13-year-old boy. And sitting in a hospital bed on Wednesday night, he said, do we think I can make rehearsal tomorrow? No, buddy, I I don't think so. I'm going to miss rehearsal. I'm the lead. I can't miss rehearsal. And that disappointment and that frustration that sets in and the exhaustion from having come through so much frustration. He had busted up the ground of disappointment from not making the team. He had protected and done such a good job maintaining old friendships and new friendships and learning new skill sets and and adopting dropping practice schedules and picking up rehearsal schedules making a whole bunch of new friends who all have completely different passions than the bunch of knucklehead sports friends he's had before who are all still wonderful kids who are all still around he'd done so good hey you have a medical condition you're going to have for the rest of your life and you know what he did? He had I have not heard him say, well, this isn't fair. I haven't heard him say it one time. Now, from the outside looking in, we can all say, man, those are the breaks, kid, when you don't make the soccer team. Man, it sucks because it sounds like you were doing what you should have been doing. Hey, way to go making new friends. Good job. Way to try something new with a musical. And then when you put it all together, it kind of give you that cumulative effect. Man, Parker, this really sucks. Hey, hey, dude, this is not your fault. I'm really sorry. No one was really apologizing in January. And there wasn't like uproarious applause 
in February and March. But when diabetes came calling, everyone told him how awful it was, how hard this was for him, how things would never be the same. And it made it very hard for him, for me, to hear the people who were trying to say, hey, it's going to be all right. Here's my story. Hey, it's going to be fine. This is what happened to me, my kid, my grandkid. I know a dozen stories now. Parker knows a dozen stories now. And the immediate questions of, man, can I still do the musical? Am I going to have the energy to keep up? Now my body's got to regulate. And it's almost easier for your body to slowly be crashing than for it to go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down as it starts to figure out your new insulin schedule. And of course he did it. Of course he's learned. One, I, I, I never heard him complain. I know there were days where it was hard. Oh, we've cried about it. And we've made rules that are a little bit beyond what the doctors gave us because we knew he was going to go into, like, he missed a rehearsal on a Thursday. The next week, they went from two days a week to four days a week. And then a couple weeks later, they were rehearsing every single day of the week. So we knew snacks and meals and blood sugar checks and injections were all going to be on him. Now, we don't live really far from the school, but you don't want it to be all on your 13-year-old child two weeks after he found out he was sick. But it was. And it wasn't perfect. But he did so good. Because I think he has just this intuitive nature to not think that because he overcame a thing, he doesn't have to overcome anything else. And again, I know his dad, he ain't get it from me. I'll whine in a heartbeat. <laughs> Maybe he got it from his mom. Maybe he's just got a spark of something real, real special. But in the midst of not complaining and self-injecting and regulating and having a new girlfriend, new friends and rehearsal schedules, school, trying to stay a straight A student so his mom won't body slam him. That is sort of a joke turning 13, he's still in the band, traveling with our, his school's band. He has shown beyond a shadow of a doubt that resiliency is not impervious to hardship. And that's okay. 
because for some of us, we praise our resiliency, but not our posture. And that's my question today. How's your posture? Because when we say something is resilient, we're talking about its ability to snap back to its original. Right? So if, if someone walks over and pushes something down and it weebles wobble, but they don't fall down, that is a really dated toy reference. But it's this little toy that's fat in the bottom and light at the top, shaped kind of like a cone. You can push it over, but the center of gravity on the thing will force it straight back up every time. You can knock it over, but it'll keep coming back up. When it comes back up, it will always be straight up. Always. That's what makes it such an impressive little toy, silly as it may be. Because it always goes back to the posture it was in before. So if something were to hit you today, and you were to be able to snap back to your previous posture, what level of resiliency would you be coming back to? Would you snap back to upright, prepared, confident, strong, certain, determined, encouraged, encouraging, positive, ready, focused? Or are you sitting in this moment with no real traumas or difficulties or hardships, but you're still in a posture of doubt, disbelief, uncertainty, discomfort? Because again, sometimes we praise the positive attribute we praise resiliency, but we ignore posture. See, because sometimes the difficulties we face are because we were given more weight than the posture we were in was allowing us to hold. And I think that's the trick sometimes with resiliency. For a lot of us, we'll complain about multiple hardships because we don't like the posture we're in. Can we lose the team, lose our health, and still show up? and come back to the posture we were in. I don't wanna be resilient if that means I'm gonna be resilient to 74% of 100% of my capacity. I wanna be walking today in 100% of who I'm meant to be in spite of what's around me, maybe because of what's around me, maybe for the sake of what's around me, maybe for the hope of what's in front of me, and to say, screw you to what's behind me or thank you to what's behind me. Doesn't matter. That's your story, whatever it is. But I want to be at 100% when the next rainstorm hits. Because sometimes you can walk through them and it's not resilience, it's toughness.
you just got wet and you just kept going. You'll dry off on the way to the next thing. Sometimes we have to be resilient because we're at a 14 and we can't handle a light breeze of life. See, the, the ugly side of resiliency is that sometimes resiliency reveals weakness. It's not all, I didn't make the team and I have a terminal or a, a, a lifelong illness. Sometimes we get blown over because our posture sucks. Do you ever have those kids in school who walk up behind you and hit the back of your knee? People would always tell you, don't lock your knees. Don't lock your knees when you're standing at the altar. It cuts off the blood flow and you might pass out. Don't lock your knees when you're, when you're, when you're standing in the hallway because a friend's going to come by and, and knock the back of your knee out and you're going to fall over or come real close. And the reason you would stand there with locked knees is because it was easiest. It was the most comfortable. Sometimes life's not easy. Sometimes life's not comfortable. You need to adjust your posture so you can keep walking because that thing that knocked you down doesn't have the authority to change your position. You were just bent over, ready to be kicked. Stand up. Resiliency should only be celebrated by the people who get up to strength. And if you're like, Brad, it's been hard, you don't know. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're 100% right, I don't know. I know Dora Maria, and I don't know. I know Jan, or I don't know Jan at all, and I don't, and I have no idea. I know Renee, and I have no idea. I watched Tyrone Poole play football. Come on, man, I'm a Colts fan, and I still have no idea. For every person on here, I do not know what your struggle is. I do not know how hard life has tried to wear you down. I have no idea. But if you are on Clubhouse on Saturday morning at 7.35 Eastern, God forbid you're on the West Coast listening to my rear end at 4.30 a.m. Or if it's Saturday afternoon in England and you're eating lunch listening to Brad ramble about resiliency and you're complaining about life kicking you down, stand all the way up and make it hard to fall over. Stand up and make it hard to fall over. There is a posture to life. There is a, there is a posture to receive the things we want in life. There is a forward and a backward. We, we quote scripture in this room so often. Go to the gospel of Luke. Set the plow to the ground, stand up and look forward. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right. Go forward, because that's where the field is. Plowing life is hard. The field is finite. Life. 
life is both short and hard. And it's that way for everybody. If you live to be a hundred, you only lived to be a hundred. If I get to be married to Grace for 65 years, we are two weeks away from our 15th wedding anniversary. So I get 50 more years with my wife. It will not be enough. I didn't ask for 65. I want all of them. I want to be Parker's dad and Elliot's dad and Benjamin's dad for as long as I can be. I want to be their dad forever. It will never be enough time. So don't waste time by complaining about time. Stand up because your resiliency is not impervious to hardship. And number four, resiliency rewards. It just does. How do you build muscles? Where do muscles come from? There is a force upon your muscles that creates micro tears in those muscles. You feel soreness, the muscles rebuild, and the muscles get bigger. But in order to build them, you got to tear them. And really, if you want to be balanced, if we'll use that word, you can't skip leg day. So if you want all the rewards from all of life, you got to work out as many of the muscles as you know how. And for the muscles you don't know how, you got to ask how. And you're honest to God asking somebody to teach you how to tear what you already have. Because in order for resiliency to work, something's got to get broken. And there's a lot of us who want the next level, but we won't let go of the previous level. We're a little too comfort, comfortable standing where we stand, so we won't go forward. And, and, and friends, if you want to be resilient and stay where you're standing, the answer is no. 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 But Brad, it's so hard right now. If you are going through hell, keep moving. Forward. Get out. Brad, it's so good right now. And I love a so good. And I'll throw a party in the midst of a so good. I'll have a celebration. I'll send thank you cards. But it will pass or I will pass, so I'm going to keep walking forward. Because life's not about just staying in those good moments. 
I want to get to my end running. So when I get knocked off course, I got to get up. But when I get up, I got to be straight up. And I don't want to run with people who are just going to cheer for me. I want to run with runners. I want people out in front of me with bigger muscles, bigger dreams, bigger goals, bigger hopes. And I want people beside me who are like-minded and will run with me. And I want people around me who will challenge me, who will tell me when I'm wrong, who will push me forward. And when I'm trying something new, they've been there and they can help me get there. And the people that are behind me need to be one of two people the ones who I left for a reason are the ones who are watching me do it. Because resiliency rewards. And if I got up and in the get up, I got over you, goodbye. And if I got up and in the get up, encouraged you, come on. Because what's crazy about resiliency is it's not isolated to an individual. We can be resilient in community. We can be resilient in family. We can be resilient in relationship. We can be resilient in business. We can be resilient in a boardroom. We can be resilient on a team. We can be resilient together. We can rise the tide and raise all the ships. That can be resilient. And the people who can't be resilient with us are just the ones who lack the posture to keep going. And to you, I say, sorry, stand up and catch up. We're still moving forward. Because resiliency rewards us. Last night was the opening night of my son's show. My son who didn't make the soccer team. My son who tried something new. My son, who in the midst of trying something new, got crushing news. That two of the people he leans on the most got shaken by his mom and dad. And he got up last night and was spectacular. Killed it. God still got the straight A's, still playing soccer, goofing off with his little brothers. We sat a row behind several of his closest friends, not friends from theater. They were on the stage, friends from before theater. And I watched little boys and little girls, seventh graders, eighth graders, sixth graders, cheer for everything my son did. The same kids he plays soccer with, goes fishing with, learn that he's not good at skateboarding with, plays video games with. We're cheering for him. In this war on mediocrity, we must be resilient. But more than we must be resilient in this moment, if it is 
only for a few more minutes or it's going to last the weekend or we've got a week, maybe a month before the next shower hits, for the next storm comes calling, the next hardship hits our front door. How are we working on our present posture? Because through cuts and illness and doubt and fear, there's a 13 year old boy down the hall who has taught me so much about how to be resilient. And I hope his story has helped you. We've got about 15 minutes left in our time before uh, the lovely Barbara Majeski comes on. So you guys know how we do. If you're new here, I generally just tell you to open your mics. If it gets a little confusing, I'll try to order it. But more often than not, we're just polite to one another. Fellas, defer to the ladies. If you would like to jump in, unmute your mic, hop in. Brad, good morning, it's Linnell. How hey, friend. Hey, so I love this story about Parker. Thank you so much for sharing him with us this morning. The thing that stood out to me is the fact that he had the courage to not, I wouldn't say it's a pivot because it was something completely different, but having the courage to follow what it is that he wanted to do and have it in his heart regardless of whether or not it was going to be approved by you and your wife. And I thought that was such an encouraging thing because you've taught your son to follow the beat of his own drum. So that is absolutely incredible. I am glad that he killed it. I will be hopping over to Instagram just to, uh, you know, vicariously uh, see what he was doing. And just wanted to congratulate you. And also my brother um, was diagnosed with juvenile diabetes when he was 15. And so he is now 40. This has been a journey that he has been on for the last 25 years. So I understand this particular part of it. Just keep your head up, keep him encouraged, make sure that he is definitely eating the right foods for his body. And it is so important to have those snacks at all times. So thank you so much, Brad. This is Linnell, your soul coach. I'll go ahead and mute out. Thank you so much, Linnell. You know, I appreciate your voice. I did not know your connection uh, to juvenile diabetes. So thank you for that. And thank you for the encouragement of the kid. And how about a big old round of applause for Linnell dropping the notes of my talk. She does not have those beforehand. She just does that uh, all on her own. She's been doing that for a few weeks now. So thank you, Linnell. I appreciate you, sis. Oh, you're welcome, sir. All right, my friends. I appreciate you, sis. All right, friends, feel free to jump in. Anybody else got anything they're thinking about? Good morning, Brad. This is William. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing and your experiences and, and what you said about your son. And resiliency is absolutely uh, key in in your family's success and your son's success and um since i've uh, joined the room um and and talking with steve talking with stephen coon and many of the things but you hit uh, a couple things that uh, really resonated resonated with me and and you said you want to work with people that are stronger than you that are better than you 
and you want to work with people that are like-minded and that are around you that want to be like those people that you aspire to be and then you want the the ones that you left to look and reach out and see you grow and then at the same time you want those that the others that are watching you succeed and i think through your resiliency uh, they're gonna it's gonna happen and i thank you so much for sharing and it's really helped me kind of define things for me and identify things for me so thank you so much mm, thank you william nice to meet you brother uh, thank you for hanging out in the segment today yeah man i think uh i think it's i think it is a parenting mistake to not think that we to think that we can't learn from our kids uh sometimes their nature is a whole lot more valuable than um, what we try to nurture them into. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate sometimes when we have kids who are just <laughs> relaxed, brilliant. Um, so I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that my snoring teenager um, is, uh, is one of those kids. All right, guys, anybody else want to jump in? Good morning, Brad. Tony the Tiger here. Thank you so much for sharing your awesome story about Parker. And as always, your words of motivation are just so articulate and profound. Um, I just, I have my reminders always set for whenever you're on because I enjoy uh, listening to you. Um, I, I think that what you were talking about with Parker is a spirit of uh, excitement and being all in on life in general. So whatever he does, he's excited about. And he goes all in and I'm sure that he learns that from you guys. And it's always what, what we do, not what we tell our kids. <laughs> so I feel uh, assured that you guys are both, you and your wife are living a life where you're all in on whatever you do and you're excited about it. And Parker is just an example, a reflection of the way that you guys are living your life. And I think it's so beautiful. I love the age between 10 and 12 because uh, or the preteen age, because it's like, you're old enough to like know who you are, but young enough that you're not being slammed by who the world thinks that you should be. And all the pressure of the teenage life of trying to be a certain person. Um, I think this is an exciting time. My kids are that age too. And I just love seeing them grow. And I always ask my life coaching clients, like, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? Because that age is just such an important age. And uh, I just wanted to share my thoughts, Tony the Tiger, and I'm finished speaking. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been, we've only done it the one time. Uh, the next the next kid up uh, is my middle, Elliot. And while Parker is a lot like me, Elliot is um, a clone. So I, I plan in the next six, seven months to ship him somewhere. For the next, I don't know, 15 years until he comes back uh, in a better version. Because, <laughs> Lord, Lord, if I'm still doing this show in five years, guys, I can't wait to talk about Elliot. Oh, my gosh. It's going it, to, instead of the world mediocrity, it'll be like, here's what's wrong. Come help Brad. That will be the name of the show. Just come help Brad. Everybody just pour into Brad. He'll need your encouragement. Um, yeah, he's going to be a fun one. I have one of those too. <laughs> mm, too much like his dad. All right, guys, we've got a few minutes left. If you want to jump in, you're welcome to. If oh, not, I'd love to share. I was, I'd love to um, share. I'd love to share, and then I heard somebody else. Who, yeah, who's, this is Mary from, from Austin, Texas. But yeah, um, uh, 
go ahead and I'll marry you. Can, you can go ahead and somebody else was talking to you. Oh, no, it was no, Mary Lynn. Me. Go ahead. Okay. I get okay. to talk enough. Okay. Hey, Mary Lynn. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, sister. Okay. So I'm just, I got in at the very end. I didn't get to hear your whole entire story, but I'm going to tell you, wow, you just really inspired me and just, I'm on a walk with my dog right now. Normally I don't go this early, but I needed to hear every single word that came out of your mouth this morning. I just really feel like you gave me a big boost, you know, and it's amazing what our children, you know, can, can do for us. I feel like that's our purpose. That's our why, you know, and they're the reason that we, you know, want to make a difference, you know, in, in life for them, you know, cause they, they're showing us how to, how to continue to grow. And I think we all have, you know, what one of those, I also have one and it's funny. I've got four adult children and the youngest one is the one that is the one that's used to literally when you were talking about your son, it reminded me so much of my little Ryan. It was actually his birthday yesterday, but wow. If, I'm not sure. I didn't even look at your bio yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm following you, Brad. I'm sure I've heard you before. Um, well, nope, I'm following you now. So I'm not sure if you're an author, but when I heard your story, I'm like, I want to buy his book. <laughs> I, I want to hear more of this. But anyways, I'm going to land my mic and just. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, the mod moderators, and thank you for having this awesome room. And I'm going to land my mic. And thank you again. I got that little bit of that share that I got to hear, Brad. But you really inspired me. Thank you, and God bless. Oh, well, thank you very much, Mary. You know, um, in these clubhouse streets, I met a book publisher. I did my little due diligence. Wow. Turns out they're actually quite legitimate. And uh, they have actually requested me write a book. So we're about 1,500 <laughs> words into a book on authenticity. Yay. Um, Yay. You need definitely. I wanted more. I, I wanted to keep hearing more. So I'm going to mm. be, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to be buying your book and sharing it. I love it. Well, thank, thank you. you. Gosh, I appreciate that. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> that book is a word document. I'll let you know. Um, Mary Lynn, jump in, sis. Well, I see Dora Maria flashing, and I think Barb wants to chime in. So, and Monica, everyone wants to chime in. I get to talk enough. I'm just going to say, gosh darn, you know, I love the, so you really want to do this? Yep. I mean, I have one of those too. Those sons didn't care what people thought, pursuing their goals. And we've done a great job, I think, when we can do that for our children. And I'm just going to make it quick and short and let everybody else talk today. Hey, Brad, this is Ramon. I just want to say I love you, brother. Man, your session was meant for me. Resilience, and I was driving, but I just stopped where I was and just want to say I love you. You're, I'm so glad I heard your session today, and you're still bringing the fire. And wow, I'm going to share this with other people in my life who need it, not just Ramon, but thank you. And I appreciate it, Brad. You're amazing. Wow, Ramon, I love you, buddy. Thank you very much. Hey, Dora Maria, jump in. Thank you. Um, I just want to keep it short. It's We can learn so much from our young people. Um, because they don't know what fear is yet. Remember when we were that young and we didn't know what fear was when we thought we were immortal, we would jump off of things. We would, we would sneak into the neighbor's house to get our baseballs back from their roof. And we would climb the house, like literally climb it to get our balls from the roof of the neighbor's house. I wouldn't do that today. Like today I would look at that and say, what is, what were we thinking? But yes, we can learn so much before we learn fear. So thanks. Hey, Brad, can I uh, share real quick? Yes, uh, Mac. Hey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, great share. Uh, real quick, what uh, resonated with me uh, when you were telling the story uh, about your uh, son, Parker, the, the mere fact uh, at such a young age when he was faced with um, these difficult uh, life situations that he didn't complain. 
that that that's awesome and i challenge everybody just to adopt that 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 same uh mindset that when we're hit with certain things in life that we uh make the best out of it and don't complain so uh kudos to you and, and your son great share thank you very much mac i appreciate you brother uh hey monica jump in good morning my friend i love hey and adore you um what i loved about when you're talking about parker when he's he's doing the um the theater now and he's handling this diagnosis so well and the resiliency, all the things wrapped up really just brought to mind how important it is when you have children to give them a bouncy foundation. <laughs> and the, what I mean by that is so that when they encounter these things that are hard, that are scary, that are, I don't, I may, maybe I don't want to go out for this team or that team because I'm nervous or I'm afraid I'm going to fail or whatever a bouncy foundation so that if they do fall down, they bounce and they come back up and they're a little bit bumped up, but they're not, you know, completely bloodied. And that foundation is that, that uh, family that you and Emily have created. Uh, I'm sorry, Grace have created. I apologize. Oh my goodness. I apologize. You and Grace have created. And, and I just want to acknowledge that that's the best thing you can do for those, those boys is to have that solid, but bouncy foundation. So they always know that if they fall down, that they'll be okay. So I just want to acknowledge you, you, you two for that. This is Monica and I'm done. Uh, thank you very much, Monica. I was excited. I didn't know who Emily was. I was excited to bring her into the family. <laughs> um, I didn't know if that, that was a new service on Clubhouse. Um, Brad, you have an Emily now. All right, cool. Um, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm down. She caught it too. I was going to make fun of oh it. Oh my God. Do not tell Grace no, I so did funny. that, please. You know, guys, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to completely out my dear friend, Monica, but I have a lovely uh, handwritten letter that is sent to me in the mail. And I want to, I want to be clear. It's sitting right here in my office, right in front of me and at my desk. And it clearly at the top says, dear Grace and Brad. Um, so she doesn't have my wife's name. <laughs> She's not Emily. Um, but if you're hearing your name is Emily, uh, you know, what's up? Um, guys, I appreciate you. I appreciate the message that you sent. I appreciate the encouragement. Um, as always, this is the, the breakfast table. It goes both ways here, friends. Um, just be be mindful. Be mindful today of your posture. Don't 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 let yourself slouch and then be disappointed by life circumstances that you can't control. Control what you can control. You can control the way you stand up today. So stand all the way up. Put your shoulders back. Put your chin up and walk forward. Don't worry about the things on the sides and certainly don't worry about the things behind. They're either watching you run or they're the things you need to be running from. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you wanna catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, Saturday six to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.